Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. How the fuck did you end up with COVID, Doug? I'm pretty sure I came to your country and was only there for like five hours and I still managed to catch it. I think that's what happened. Well, I've been in my country the whole time. Have yet to catch it. Knocked on my desk. But Noah got it twice, so maybe he got mine. Maybe that's what happened, yeah. So then I don't have to get it. That's Is that how that works? You, know, you skip so, your turn if you can pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. It's like a weird final it's, destination thing. It's like it follows, sort of. Yeah, okay. Not all the sex. Yep, you banged Noah, now he had to have COVID twice. I get it. I understand. Let's not say stuff on microphones we're going to regret later. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. Well, I made sure to put a uh, notifier in there. I said without all the sex stuff. Yeah, well, I didn't hear that part. It's been my COVID hearing. I'm showing a lot of uh, level on my microphone and my angry bees. No. Yeah. A little bit. Well, barely noticeable. Let's go with bees, but not angry bees. That's where we're at. Why do I have so much fucking heat in my cable? <laughs> now it knows. He said, said, said we weren't talking about the sex stuff. <laughs> I actually think I got it in Detroit, so technically it's Eric's fault. Oh. So. Eric and Eminem? Yeah, it's one of those two. Whichever <laughs> one I'm more likely to have interacted with. Is that a, is that a little better? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, even with it completely unplugged, there's like heat coming through, so I don't I don't quite understand what's doing what but if it sounds all right we'll just roll with that yep sounds good to me yep we're just talking about how you sent COVID up to doug apparently through michigan somehow he's got health care <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Although, I guess we didn't have a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot we had to pay for, I guess, if you weren't, like, admitted into the hospital. 
tests and shots and stuff have been free so far. You know, like normal countries do around the world. It's kind of surprising you guys did that. Trust me, I'm shocked. Are you? Who did what? (laughs) (laughs) How for the first time ever, our country's like, tell you what, we'll just give you all this for free. Don't worry about it. That's how you know it was serious, eh? When you look when you yeah. look back on like the whole COVID experience, don't think about like, don't argue with anyone about like, uh, you know whether vaccines work and all that. Be like, look, the U.S. government gave out healthcare for free, and like professional sports leagues and concerts voluntarily shut down and stopped letting people into places. Obviously, they knew something we didn't know, and nobody gives up that kind of money without you know a good reason. So there's no point in debating anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, until all the redneck restaurants around here are like, uh, I don't care. We're going to open our dining room, even though they told us we shouldn't. And we're going to get fined for it. Yeah. With big old signs on the front of theirs, like dining room open. Well, that makes it easy to at least know where I'm not going to get food from in the future. We had one restaurant here that like decided to make it like a big deal. And they, uh, they were like standing their ground and they like, they went to court and they fought it every bit of the way and everything. And they weren't going to check because we had like the vaccine passport idea and they weren't going to check it and all this stuff. And nobody had to wear a mask and they fought it and they fought it and they fought it. And finally they got shut right down, completely driven out of business. And like two weeks later, everything got lifted. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you morons. I've, it's like, Just I've zero, waited. like zero sympathy whatsoever. I'm like, all you had to do was like, break the rules but not advertise that you're breaking the rules like don't put a sign out front saying we're breaking the rules maybe draw a little less attention to yourself it would have taken them longer to get to you but if you're fighting tyranny doug you have to advertise you're doing it or it doesn't count yeah that's a good point i guess anyways places place has been taken over by a new owner now so now i'm curious i want to go in there and see if it's what they've changed and what they've kept the same Uh, yeah. So, so what what symptoms you got? Are you like dying? You got sore throat? I had yeah. sore throat for a while. I had uh, coughing for a long while. The fatigue was a big one for me. Oh. I kept trying to go back to work because, like, when you can't do anything else and you work at home, you're like, I might as well work today. Can't leave the house. I start working, and like halfway through the day, I'd just be like falling asleep at my desk and just have to go lay down and sleep the rest of the day. I feel that way every day, but well, normally I want to leave my desk, but I don't want to go to my bed. I I, I want to go do something else. Oh. This case, I, like I always want to go to my bed. I'm like, why am I awake? Just go to sleep. So, so you're saying one of the symptoms you didn't get was superpowers? I got no superpowers. What's even the point of getting COVID? I don't know. Perhaps just so you can transition into this week's movies. Maybe. Although it doesn't count when you point it out like that. We point it out every week. Does it never count? <laughs> no. Get better at transitions if you want it to not count then. I don't know. 
Um, so I decided we're we're doing teenage teenage kids in high school that end up with some sort of superpowers. Yeah. Two movies range Smooth. on two completely different sides of the spectrum. In more ways than one, you'll argue. Oh. Uh, Noah, do you want to tell us about Zapped? Oh, fuck, you had to pick me for Zapped. <laughs> <laughs> so Zapped is a Quote Fingers 80s sex comedy mm-hmm. without a lot of the hallmarks of sex comedies. Mostly or humor and, yeah. and copious amounts of sex. Uh, starring Scott Bayo, who is a high school super genius who's using his genius to create a super miracle grow formula for his principal's orchids and his weed mm-hmm. uh, through happenstances, alcohol, and I don't some random chemical X get mixed to it. It explodes and he gets telekinesis. And then him and his uh, bad influence friend, of course, do a bunch of hijinks where the friend's always trying to talk him into using his powers for evil. With the ugly, dirty girl takes off her glasses and is immediately very attractive. As as is the way of film. And the assholey dude spends the whole movie basically trying to fuck the popular girl. Which is a really weird, I don't know, it's a really weird storyline. Uh, it's basically just a whole movie of random bad humor. There's some mice in scuba gear, though. It's cool. <laughs> that was pretty rad. That uh, was definitely probably the highlight of the film. <laughs> super probably. Super offended, definitely. super offended that Noah made it through that entire plot description without bringing up whatever the fuck was going on in that baseball game or the exorcism scene. Um, <laughs> it seems unfair that he didn't have to use the term exorcism in his plot description. That's true. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, this movie. This movie yeah. is not good. It is it's, definitely it, not good. So it's, it's already rated R because there's tits in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially can, that end scene, there's a thousand tits. So, like, I can tell you why, too. But I, okay, maybe that explains it. Cause I was like, why is this movie almost entirely tonally the exact same as uh, the fucking, what was the Disney one we watched? The computer with shoes or whatever. Yeah. The computer wore shoes. It's that, yeah. yeah, it's that tone. And that humor plus tits mm-hmm. occasionally. It's really fucking weird. Uh, so they shot the movie. They were done. And then Porky's hit the theaters and made oh, a fucking shit, Hollywood. Ton of, All right. shit ton of money. So they're like, we need a lot of boobs in this movie. So okay. they, they shot a lot of insert boob shots. I think the... I think obviously the shot of him walking down the road after the baseball game and the people come over, pull over to harass him and he just makes the girl's tops pop off. I think that that seems obviously filmed afterwards. But then I think his uh, quote unquote sex scene was was filmed afterwards. 
Oh, and you have to assume, given the tone of the film, like what Noah's pointing out, and now yeah. knowing what you're knowing, I think a lot of the stuff with the the quote unquote popular blonde girl, probably the reason her behavior makes no sense is because a lot of those scenes with her were inserted, right? Probably, yeah. I, I'm I'm assuming because she is like she hates those guys in some scenes. And then she just goes to the carnival with them and spends the entire entire day with them. And then at the end of that, they go back to Willie Ames's pool house where he runs his porn studio out of. <laughs> um, and she's just like, and he's like serving her wine because high school kids just keep wine in their pool houses that they're for seducing women. And, uh, and she ends up sleeping with him. And then the next day, she like hates him again and is back with her boyfriend. And I'm like, none of this is making any sense. But if it's just random shit they filmed to insert because she was willing to take her top off, then it makes a lot more sense. Uh, well, she actually wasn't <laughs> wasn't game for taking her top off. Um, so <laughs> she wouldn't do nude scenes, so they had to use a body double okay. for for the stuff at the end. And then essentially they did early Photoshop where they photoshopped her head on someone else for the someone picture else's body for the picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause that picture looked really bad. I could tell yeah. that that was faked, Yeah, but I, I thought they were trying to make it look cartoonish for some reason. I didn't understand. I could tell it was faked. And apparently she knew this was going to happen, but they, they didn't clear the body double with her. So then she had to go through like, SAG like arbitration on this movie and I think one because some of the SAG rules are that if they're going to use a body double the actress has to give approval to the body double first I don't know okay. it seems like a giant mess just to get another pair of boobs in this movie when there's plenty already yeah I don't know it was the whole thing the whole movie's a giant mess though so what difference does it make yeah not good I mean it's just the thing is, like, it, it was it, every scene felt like it was out of like a different movie, and none of it was particularly well done. But like, like, no, like early in the movie, when we see the fucking mice in scuba gear, I'm like, okay, it, honestly, mice in scuba gear, kind of cute, kind of adorable. If this was a movie I was watching with my kid or something, I'd probably be like, that's great. I kind of like the mice in the scuba gear. But we're already we've already been asked to accept that this is a universe where a high school kid gets his own lab in the school where even the principal's not allowed in unless he sneaks in through the window. The Scatman Crothers can just walk in and yeah. have a nip off of his uh, whiskey if he needs to. Yeah, like it, it, everything is such a mess and you're just like, I don't totally nothing what kind of a movie are you trying to make are you trying to make a movie for adults are you trying to make a movie for teenagers are you trying to make a movie for children i don't know and like i don't i'm i'm stumped on how to even complain about this movie because it's so ludicrous but i keep coming back to the fact that like you get to the baseball scene and the whole thing is that there's like this pitcher on the other team that you're supposed to like hate because he's good at pitching as far as i can tell that's the only thing he's done wrong is he's good at pitching but the guy they hire to play the pitcher does not look like a baseball player he looks like oh. cro magnum man uh, uh, or something like it's like why what is going on first of all why are we supposed to hate this guy 
what, what's he doing wrong other than being good at pitching? And then second of all, why didn't you hire a guy that just looks vaguely like a baseball player? We all know what a baseball player looks like. It's, it's and it's a wide range. It's not hard to find someone. The whole thing was just crazy, though. And then there's like the script is so poorly written that in that baseball scene, they are also like, oh, by the way, the pitcher is the leading hitter in the league. No, he's not. Pitcher is the leading hitter in the league. That's not how it works. Like even in high school baseball, pitchers don't pitch every game. So if he's the leading hitter in the league, you don't let him pitch anymore. That's how that goes. Yeah. Absurd. Just like insulting to your intelligence to watch this movie. Yeah, Scatman Crothers didn't know shit about baseball. Do you guys get uncomfortable every time Scatman Crothers is in a movie? Because I can't figure out if Scatman Crothers being Scatman Crothers is racist or not. <laughs> it's, it's a valid point. <laughs> just it's, his existence is racist? I'm just saying that dude could not be a more racist cartoon <laughs> of a black person than yeah. if, if he tried. But judging by the fact that I've seen him in a lot of movies and that just seems to kind of be who he is. <laughs> so like, I feel weird about it. it <laughs> your point is totally valid. Um, like if, if the KKK produced cartoons about, black people working in a high school. The cartoon character for the black, like baseball coach that they would create is indistinguishable from Scatman Crothers in this movie. Like they would be like, look at how horrible he is. He's drinking with the students and he's lusting over the teen girls. And he behaves like in this cartoonish buffoonish manner all the time. And you're like, Oh, that's horrible. But then in real life, it's just Scatman Crothers. That's just what he does, man. (laughs) And I don't know. That's what he does in everything. It's like, it's, it's, I think we've even maybe had a similar conversation to this before when he's been in movies where it's just, it, it seems racist what he's doing, <laughs> but he's just, it's not, it can't be right. Like you can't just be racist for existing. That's not how it works. <laughs> they threw in a, a random scene in this movie of the uh, high school secretary blowing the principal <laughs> at a restaurant. I'm going to almost guess that was a reshoot, too. Oh, my God. It's, it's all... really weird, too. Nothing in that scene makes sense either. You're like, oh. what are they doing? <laughs> what what, is... what sexual act is supposed to be occurring? She's she's blowing him so hard she's sucking him under the table. <laughs> I think in in case listeners haven't seen the movie and and don't, if you haven't, I think it's important to note that this is like not some young, good looking couple that would be playing the high school principal and his secretary in a in a modern movie. This is a 65 year old man and his 58 year old secretary. It's somebody's grandparents blowing each other in the movie in a restaurant. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so weird and random yeah uh, just to make everyone feel sad Eddie Deason's in this movie for a couple seconds <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. And he, what's he tell the guy? Whatever you're going to jerk off to something else anyway or something like that? Something random. Oh, by the way, the evil baseball guy, the uh, evil pitcher, that hit, what's his name? Erwin Keys, I think is his name, right? Yeah, I've seen him in other stuff, yeah. Yeah, he's like random yeah. bad guy with a big forehead in a million movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but for some reason, he's a high schooler in this, even though he still looks like he's like 55. <laughs> I, was, I was getting ready to say he looks like he's 45. <laughs> yeah, it's a 45-year-old caveman is pitching for the opposing team. That's why you got to use your magic skills to beat them. And then we're going to have it play out like something out of a fucking... Like like something out of a fifties Disney movie, where the ball's like just bouncing over people's heads, and Scott Baio's sitting on the bench with a dumb look on his face. Apparently, Anthony Michael Hall's in this movie at some point. Oh, is he really? Yeah, I, and I don't even know who he is. This movie sucks so bad that I missed a cameo that great. Yeah, yeah, I saw this when I was younger, and I remember it being fun. I think I know why now, just because there's lots of boobs in it. But other than that, this movie was pretty terrible. I was going to say, I could totally see a 10-year-old kid having a ball watching this. Because ha-ha-ha tits and ha-ha-ha dumb jokes. Yeah. What about, like, at the end of the movie? Can anybody explain to me? He goes, like, full carry on the prom and just tears everybody's clothes off. What? Why? What? Huh? <laughs> I think that's supposed to be a straight up carry reference, but it's just tits instead of killing everyone. I don't. I don't really understand what. I think he gets hit in the head and loses his mind or something. I don't know. He gets hit in the head a few times at the end, and I kept thinking they're just gonna take his powers away one of these times. And eventually, that's what happens. <laughs> But it's like, why does well, he have to hit in the head like three times to lose his powers? Although, although then it turns out he was lying. Oh. Uh, I didn't care. No, I don't blame <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he menaces his mom several times by making a uh, Charlie McCarthy dummy fly at her. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even care. I mean... She cares a lot, but I mean, I didn't care because it ended up not being like funny or anything. It's just like, oh, she's going to pull a cross out and then she's going to invite the priest over. Who cares? Because he doesn't give a shit. He's like, Mom, I got shit to do. I ain't got time for all this. And he just leaves. I'm trying to figure out what exactly his parents want, because at the beginning of the movie, they keep talking about the fact that he never dates girls. And that's one of the reasons why they're so worried for him. And then. One night he brings home his date that he's taken to prom, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh my god, a girl!" <laughs> it's like, is that's exactly what you told him to do? No, none of it makes any sense. They walk in, they're like, "Oh, he's he's been he's seeming a little stressed lately." They walk in and immediately start checking him for needle marks because they assume he's like shooting up. I'm like, "What? <laughs> Should we check his feet?" Yeah, should we look between his toes? The default to check between his toes. I'm like, would would kids have even gotten that joke in 1982 or whatever? I don't think so. I don't know. Let's talk about how much of a bitch Scott Baio is, too. When they go to, like, the the frat, like, casino night. And, you know, they're running the scam on all the stupid frat guys and taking all their money. And, uh... 
you know, he's like, oh, come on. I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, yeah, but come on. It's just like this last one. It's like the big score. And then we're done. Scott Bayo just can't be bothered to do it one more time and has to destroy the roulette table to like ruin everything. Yeah. It was like, yeah, like it was dumb. And it was weird because it was like they wanted to have the morality element of like, oh, you shouldn't use your power to win money. But then they also added in that the frat guys were cheating. So it's like, okay, if they're cheating, I think you're allowed to use your powers to cheat back. And then you still get to be the good guy that comes out on top when you win, right? Yeah. You do the the one last one that literally takes three minutes to do. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I think we're done for the night. Everybody's still there. Yeah, I just got nothing to say. This okay. movie fucking right. this movie blows. Doug just sounded like it. cut so off in the middle it. of nowhere. Here you go. It's full of it it's full of tits. It it is an 80s sex comedy that fails to be entertaining. And I I don't know what other genre that could possibly be more insulting in. <laughs> It's like there's lots of tits in this movie. Guess what? I didn't care. Everybody's like, what? Oh. Uh, I mean, it, it would be like making a children's show without any bright colors or interesting sounds or happiness. <laughs> like, <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, okay. I don't know what the fucking point of this movie was. I didn't well, like it. I know that. Let y'all know. You can always explore more because they did make a sequel about nine years later. With none of the original characters. So if we ever get bored, we can do zapped again. I'll take your silences uh thing, okay. But they also did that Disney remake, which is strange. Yeah, I tried to look at that, and it doesn't seem like it's the same thing at all. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I think they they took out everything that made this movie bad. So I'm assuming at some point there are mice in scuba suits. <laughs> That's it. It's just like a five-second long scene. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Doug, why don't you transition over and tell us about Sky High? Sky High. Um, let's see. In a world where superheroes exist, two of them have had a kid. He is about to be sent to superhero high school where all the superheroes kids go. Um, high hopes for him because most superheroes mate with normals so there's people only get like one set of powers but he's hoping to end up with two turns out he doesn't get any right away um so he gets put into the sidekick category which is very disappointing to everyone uh very typical disney nonsense typical high school plot lines yada 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 wait a minute, it turns out he does have his powers, and wait a minute, somebody's seeking revenge on his parents, and now he has to save the day. Hmm. That's about it, right? I don't feel obligated to go through everything. We can go through the specifics on this and 
discuss how it's a ripoff of like so many other things that came before it, but that's the basics. Yeah, totally. Um, so first time watch for you, Doug, what'd you think? Um, I kind of wish that my kid had wanted to watch this and I'd sat with it and watched him and I would have been a lot happier with it. I think than <laughs> watching it like as an adult, I told as you Lando should watch it. I had to, I had to watch this in pieces as an adult. Like I had to watch half one night and half the next night. <laughs> Cause it's just not particularly exciting. Pretty predictable. Um, it's hard for me because there's so many people in the movie that I like, but they're not doing the things I like for them to do. Like there's kids in the hall in this movie and they're mildly funny, but they're not doing kids in the hall shit, which is what I want them to do. Right. Mildly funny. Normally Brian's the thief of joy today. I don't know. What, what do you guys think of this movie? Do you guys like it? Is that why it's on the list? Beams! Uh, <laughs> These are the tools of mad science. Uh, I'm a fan of this movie. I enjoy it. Okay. Um, I do uh, acknowledge that it has some uh, super cheesiness, but I feel like it wears its on its sleeve, so it's all right. Fair enough. And um, like you said, I just love like 75% of the cast. Kurt Russell and um, Kelly Preston is like the, the main kids, like superhero parents. I like that. They're, I mean, it's, it's stunt casting, but it's the kind of stunt casting you need in a movie like this. Uh, Bruce Campbell is the gym coach. I felt underused. I think Bruce Campbell could really shine if they'd let him be in kids movies more. And because he's just that cartoonish face of his and that over the top behavior that he's capable of, I think it would work really well. And they kind of didn't give him enough to do in this movie, but he's good in what he gets to do. I'd really like to know who made the decision to cast him in this movie. Because typically casting a, a Bruce Campbell in a role like this is because the director's like, eh, yeah, the nerds are going to love this, but this is a kid's movie for like a different generation of people who do not know or give a fuck who Bruce Campbell is. <laughs> no, but if you know what he can do, like I think kids would love laughing at him in this movie. And I think he, like, I think there's a, he, they're real missed opportunity for not putting him in a bunch of movies like this for kids to enjoy, because I think they'd love him. They don't have to know you know, that he's used these skills in different ways in other projects. <laughs> they just have to see what he's doing as the gym teacher. I think he, I think they'd appreciate it. Sad uh, kick. Uh, there's also Jim Rash, who I'm a big fan of. Yep. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I was a big fan of her throughout most of the stuff yep. she's done. Um, so, uh, so I'm looking up some of the other stuff this guy directed. He also directed Deuce Bigelow Male Jigolo, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Some Bruce Campbell and uh, Surviving Christmas, which is that terrible Ben Affleck movie. 
ever seen. And he directed three episodes of Greg the Bunny, which I think explains a lot of his sense of humor for this movie. Yeah, it does. Then, yeah, he's just done a bunch of kids' movies after this, like Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked, SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water, Trolls, like a movie too. Yeah, in other words, he made his money doing kids' movies after struggling and doing whatever else he had to do. And I I think this movie's well enough made. I I think he did a fine job with it, Mm. Um, managing all the different elements of it and telling the story in a way that it makes sense. You know, even if it's predictable and a bit cheesy, um, you know, it, I think it's a well-made film. I think it looks good. Mm-hmm. The performances think, are all solid. I think the big down, the big uh, downturn for it. I don't know. Big, the the big mistake for it is that it came out in two thousand five. If they would have waited like five more years, they would have had. Like more superhero tropes, they probably could have used. Maybe it didn't have to be as uh, super cheesy as it was. Maybe that's it. Because the biggest problem with it is, it's like he gets like he gets to the school and he like day three or whatever he gets into the fight with that guy, and it's like first of all, do we all, like if you've ever seen a movie before, you know he's going to discover his powers when he's in the fight with the big bully guy, right? And then second of all, you're like, they're just fighting so they can be friends at the end of the movie. So just get it over with kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm on the IMDb page and the trailer's playing in the background. Should point out that uh, as another tie in to what Noah said during his recap of uh, of Zapped, that they use Kurt Russell's picture from the computer wore tennis shoes as his picture in the yearbook. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> Did we mention that Cloris Leachman is the nurse? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, she's great. Everybody's good in the movie. It, like, it's. I think Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is quite good in her little role as like the popular girl that likes him because he's got two sets of superpowers instead of one. And of course, he has to learn a lesson and be with the other girl. I am. Sneaky, sneaky Patrick Warburg cameo. Oh. Uh, Linda Carter plays the principal. Which is a lot of fun. That's fun. It's, again, one of those ones where I'm like, that's just thrown in there for the parents who were stuck taking their kids to the theater. <laughs> Dave, I, and I know it's silly, but Dave Foley's fucking sidekick character is the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like every time he's, he's the always, funniest part of the movie. Every, yeah, I'm laughing yeah. so fucking hard every every time he does anything. That stupid cat stance he keeps jumping into. <laughs> yeah. What was his name? All American boy. Yeah, All American boy. But as a teacher, he's Mister Boy. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, he he's easily the funniest part of this whole movie. It's just every time he springs into action, and it's just like, what you, how the hell are you trying to pass this guy off as a superhero exactly? <laughs> your 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 dad never never mentioned me. No, I didn't even know he had a sidekick. Your your mom your mom never mentioned me. I was at their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> 
I always liked the uh Ah, do you remember when we used to use real citizens? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a goofy fun very much a Disney uh Disney made property by high school kids with superpowers, yeah. which is uh, it's fun. Yeah. It had like a it leaned heavily on references to uh, Power Rangers too, which I found rather entertaining. I'm like, why are they trying so hard to be the Power Rangers with the <laughs> the the bad guy like looking in on them over the over through that like screen oh, or whatever yeah. it was? I'm like, it's so. And then the the two bullies that were like clear references, I think, to the two whatever those two idiots oh, were from yeah. Power Rangers. I'm like, this seems that. like you're trying real hard because I guess Power Rangers would have still been popular in 2005. I don't know, but it was it, it felt really intentional and i'm like okay maybe i guess that's what the kids who would have gone to see this in theaters would have appreciated those references you know he's really got it coming one day he's going to be out in the dark and he's going to drop his keys and i'm not going to glow to help him find him <laughs> i'm fucking i fucking love this movie <laughs> Uh, the soundtrack's really Although good. Although me, me and my dad would be having fisticuffs if if I found out that the Secret Sanctum had a fucking pinball machine in it and I was never allowed to play the pinball machine. <laughs> so uh, the soundtrack's really good. I, I have the soundtrack on CD because that's how long ago this movie came out. And uh, it's all covers of 80s songs. Yeah. It's fun. I don't know if kids would. I don't understand why they do that in kids' movies, though. I'm like, should they be using music that these kids would know? But maybe. I don't know. It's fun in the context of the movie, though. Uh, I love it because they might be giants covers a Devo song, and that's just a weird like partnership that seems like it should work really well, and it does, but. Like, yeah, why doesn't they? Might be giants play more Devo songs. That's a really specific request. I don't know if that's know, fair. Right? John and John should get on it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's really much else to say. It's a fun, goofy kids movie. Yeah. I think maybe <laughs> if you're more in the mood for that, going into it, you'd enjoy it more than I did. I just found it almost too predictable the the weird like teen wolf storyline about how oh look he's friends with this girl but now he's going to want to date the popular girl now that his powers came out but i bet you he learns his lesson and he goes back to the girl he was friends with you know what i mean no no reason to fuck with a classic yeah i'm just i don't know this it leaned a little too heavy on that stuff for me but that's that's what the movie is. It's not really a criticism. Uh, it's just which uh, Doug didn't realize it. I'm sure, but he just made a reference to Zapped as well because uh, the girl who played Boof in the Teen Wolf movie is like has like a blink and you'll miss it cameo as one of the kids in the classroom. Really, one of the scenes. Yeah, because yeah. I was sitting there I watching him. I'm like, was that Boof? And then I was looking at the trivia, and it's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so from Teen Wolf. I'm like, oh, sweet, it was Boof. Hmm. Which, 
I mean, you don't get good nicknames like Boof anymore. No, you don't. Now, if you want to hear the term Boof, I think it has to be during a U.S. Supreme Court hearing. So. <laughs> uh, all right. My buddy's well, Boof and Squee. <laughs> Uh, remember when we thought that was the worst thing that was ever going to happen to this country it turns out we weren't far off actually but thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call for more info check out the midnight drive-in on twitter at mn drive-in pod or find us on facebook if you want to email us send it to the midnight drive-in at gmail.com Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, so what did everybody watch since last episode? Watched a bunch of guar. <laughs> yeah? Bunch of guar. Yeah. Right. I, I, I watched the, uh, the documentary... Uh, Oh god damn it! Which one? I think it's this is Guar. It's the one that's on Shutter. Yeah, my Shutter's not working right now. Weird. Like it won't play on my phone, won't play on my TV, won't play on my Xbox. I've sent them a, a support message, and they're like, "I don't know." But it's oh. kind of. It, it, I was gonna say it's kind of a retrospective that kind of goes through the history of the band and all the member changes and all that kind of stuff. Although they suspiciously leave out some people, even though they're trying to act like it's a very all-encompassing, this is everything that ever happened kind of thing, and you're like, mm, there was there was another person there. Why did you skip that person? Well, if you already knew that, then why did you have to watch the documentary? Maybe they're testing you. Oh. I don't know. They left out. The weird thing is, it was almost all the female members of the band like the oh i'm trying to remember what her name is she's like the third one but sly minstra she was with the band for a long time and she's in the documentary a ton but they kind of barely gloss over the two that did that before her and then volvatron who was in the band for like a year after david brocky died they just pretend like she doesn't exist. There's one clip that she's like in the background of. And I was like, oh, yeah, she was in there. Why are they pretending she didn't exist? This is an awkward thing that's happening. There's bad blood. I, I guess so. She was in another band called the Kung Fu Dykes that are it's pretty crazy. But yeah, no, it was a it was besides besides the fact that it's a little depressing because, you know, there's been more than one death in that band, which is kind of sad. Especially the death of Brocky, who's kind of, you know, a lot of people really love that dude. Yeah, I was never I was never a big Guar fan. Like they're fine, but I don't. Man, their yeah, their stage show is fucking something else. Like it's otherworldly. Yeah. I can't I can't express to you how fucking cool it is. First time I ever heard of them was in Empire Records. 
uh, they actually talk about the Empire Records thing. Oh, really? Well, because they talked about they were having a real hard time kind of breaking out because they're. I don't know how much you guys even know about that band. That band is more of an art collective than a band. You know what I mean? Like, because there's the four or five musicians that are on the stage, but Guar is actually probably like 15 to 20 people at a time because there's all the people that are building the props and setting up the stage show and, and doing all the like, and they aren't roadies. They're like straight up fabricating stuff. Which is just, I don't know, I don't know. It's real fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was talking about the empire records thing. So they, they're kind of, they were having a hard time breaking through. And then there was another movie that they were in for a brief second that that kind of exposed them to the public because their videos couldn't be played on MTV because they're a bunch of psychopaths who like all of their videos are super offensive and bloody and gross. And there's cum and blood everywhere and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the lead singer literally has a giant cuttlefish dick. Uh, and so they even talked about how Beavis and Butthead that apparently Mike Judge was a big fan of their band. And whenever he was deciding things on the show, he was like, you know what? Beavis and Butthead's favorite band's going to be Guar. And so some of their videos were played on the Beavis and Butthead show because apparently Mike Judge had like total discretion over what music videos were played on it. Hmm. So that kind of helped them out. And then they were in the Beavis and Butthead video game, which the whole, I mean, the whole video game's about Beavis and Butthead trying to get Guar tickets. And then the Empire Records thing and it's it's kind of cool. They basically they like got pushed through the back door to get out to people. Which sounds like a phrase they would probably use. It probably is. I do, I don't think they would say it that gently. But yeah, so I watched that, and then I was like, you know what, not enough bar. So I watched Phallus in Wonderland, which was one of their long form. Uh, I don't know. You can call it a movie. I don't know if movie is the correct term. It's more like long form music video with crazy shit added in. Uh, which is about uh, Odorous's cuttlefish dick being taken by the government, which is based, <laughs> which is oddly enough based on a true story, which is kind of funny. And and them trying to get his dick back. Basically. <laughs> Combine that with a bunch of musical interludes and crazy puppets and blood and guts and uh, cum and shit. Yeah. And then I was like, still not enough guar. So I watched Skullhead Face. <laughs> Good Lord. Which was their second one, which was a higher budget, which is about a uh, an evil, I don't know, alien record executive who is stealing a substance from rock stars called what's it called? Like jizz, jizzmographin or something like that, which is pretty funny. Uh, his first victim is Sebastian Bach, by the way, which is because he's in that movie. 
And yeah, yeah, it's once again, it is random chaos, but it's really fun to watch, especially if you love the band. And since you guys don't give a shit about the band, I probably don't recommend it. (laughs) I would recommend watching live from Antarctica. Which is like a live concert that they did. Did they actually go to Antarctica or is that just a clever title? Uh, You know what? I don't know where it was actually filmed at. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't in Antarctica. Because <laughs> they're psychopaths. <laughs> but that's it. That all. That's I. I just watched a bunch of guar shit. Well, it's not true. But oh yeah, the num- and, the and, num- the, and the Marvel movie. But the number one disappointment is you didn't watch Weird, the you know, Yankovic story. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you that's did promise that you'd second. watch God that. Damn it. I re I rewatched it this week just so that I could discuss it with you again. And I apologize. Oh, God damn it! I was I was balls deep in the guar. Uh, yeah, we also me and you went and saw Black Panther separately. Yeah, unless Doug saw it too. I didn't see you post anything. I I did not see it. No. Uh, yeah. Don't need to go too deep into it, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. It's good. It's not the best. And I, I think my my biggest complaint is they tried to do too much shit, and they shouldn't have did that. They had a couple characters who could have really used a lot more space to breathe, and instead they like wanted to cram in a million different things that didn't need to be there, like Iron Iron Heart. Serves no purpose in that movie. No, she doesn't need to be in it. Yeah, other than she's just a MacGuffin to like do a single plot point, and so she's not needed. So you could throw her out of the movie. The entire storyline with the uh, two spear maiden chicks, you could throw that out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know, fans love those characters, but. Give them, give them their own movie. I don't give a shit. Well, I think they're supposed to be. I think this is set up for like a series or something. Namor's dope. Yeah, he's good. I enjoyed, enjoyed all that. I almost wish, I wish they would have made him a little bit more of an asshole. Yeah. Because in the comic books, he is just a fucking raging asshole. <laughs> and they're trying to walk the line with him a little bit so he can be a hero or a villain going forward well that's what I, I was going to say one of the interesting things in the comic books is like he he's a hero he's just also a fucking raging asshole <laughs> like <laughs> he's not even a I've heard him called an anti-hero before and it's like yeah but he's not he's not really an anti-hero some sometimes he's on the other side of the fence because being a hero for his people might mean working against the surface dwellers, you know what I mean? But that doesn't make him a bad guy. That just means he has obligations. What does make him a bad guy is being a raging asshole and trying to fuck <laughs> another dude's wife every chance he gets. Yeah. All right. Well, what'd you watch, Doug? 
Um, let's see. Keep in mind, I watched all of these movies yesterday. Oh. So, this is a bit of a dark day yesterday. It's like, it's the point of bringing it up. Um, I got COVID. I want to die. Yeah. So, I watched the 2013 movie Prisoners, uh, mm. starring Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, etc., etc. It's got a huge cast. That'll I hadn't seen it since. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen it since theaters, and I'm like, I remember that being like a good, like dark drama. Maybe I'll rewatch that. I'm like, holy shit! At one point, there's just literally Hugh Jackman torturing Paul Dano is a storyline that goes on for over two hours. I think it's like it is insane how long they allow this one character to be torturing this other character in this movie. And you're like, Dano is so good in it. He plays this like sort of pathetic character and he like squeals when they're hurting him. And you're just like, Oh shit. Just like, you just want to start yelling, stop it at your fucking screen. And the whole movie is really, um, just that over and over again. Like there's no, I guess, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is like the good guy, but he's not a likable character. There's no real heroes in the movie. It's just horrible shit happening over and over and over again. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, the basic plot line is that like Hugh Jackman plays a father whose daughter is uh, kidnapped, and it starts with him basically taking the primary suspect. Uh, prisoner and he's going to so torture him to try to get him to reveal where his daughter is so and uh yeah fucking dark and so well acted that you're the whole time i was like i like, I think i posted something on instagram but like I, I wish the acting was a little worse so i could just accept this it's just you know a movie but everybody in it's so good it's like Hugh jackman and his daughter is kidnapped with her friend and like the other dad is Terrence Howard. And you're like, these are all great actors doing really good work. There's like weird plot lines about like child sex abuse and other murders go on that. You're like, you can't figure out how they're connected to the main storyline until the end. And just all around really excellent. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get too into it in case anyone hasn't seen it. It's a huge recommend. Don't kind of want to spoil the ending, but uh, yeah, the journey I remember, is. I remember really liking it, but yeah, that is a. Uh, oof! What kind of mood do I got to be in to rewatch that? It's apparently, yeah. in yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so what happens when you're stuck in bed all day. Um, and it was just yeah, like legitimately difficult to watch. Um, what's the name that directed it? Denny Villeneuve, and he's like yeah. he's really good. Obviously, like we like all. The, I think everybody in it we know is good, but I'm not sure if I knew they were good in 2013. Like I don't, I don't think I understood how good all these actors were, especially like Paul Dano. I think this might be one of the first things I saw him in. You know, um, and it's just it's really difficult to watch this movie. And the whole time you're like, every time somebody's torturing somebody on screen, you're just like but I think you should stop. Like, I, I think you shouldn't be doing that. And then you, it just keeps happening over and over again. And like I say, really interesting told story because of the way that we're following um, 
Jake Gyllenhaal plays the cop who's trying to solve the murders or in the kidnappings. And he's the whole time we're following kind of his journey and we're trying to figure out the crime as well. It's not obvious how it plays out. It turns out very different than what you would expect. There's a little bit of ambiguity in the ending, which I liked. I think they kind of walked that line pretty good. Um, so yeah, just uh, like, like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to explain why I sometimes <laughs> like watching movies that are depressing as shit to watch, but I do sometimes. <laughs> right. And very few of them can really like get to you in the way that, that a movie like this can, where you're just like, like, I think because there's no real heroes and you kind of understand everyone's motivations. And so people are doing terrible things and you're kind of like, yeah, I get it, but don't like, I think that's what makes it harder to watch sometimes where you're like, if it was just a villain doing these things, it'd be easier to just write them off as, you know, a bad guy from a movie kind of thing. And it's hard to do that in these circumstances. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a good one, but man, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna take a toll on you when you watch it. It's so I don't know. There's that. Um, the next one I tried to I tried to enjoy. I was kind of hoping for the same thing because it's uh, directed by John Slesinger, who has made some like. Some great movies, although off the top of my head, I can't think of what they are. <laughs> um, this is a movie called The Believers from 1987, where uh, Martin Sheen plays a psychiatrist for the New York Police Department who gets dragged into an investigation about some murders. And there's, it's clear from the beginning that there's like a, a cult of some sort at work or a, something like that. And this one was a bit of a letdown for me. Um, just the atmosphere didn't really work and didn't suck you in. Has a lot of the typical Hollywood problems where you're like, like the whole movie starts with his wife dying. And then that's why he moves to New York to take this new job. We get this like pretty elaborate death scene with his wife who's electrocuted to death in front of family. Rube Goldberg-esque. And you're like, all right, like, it's okay. Like, it's fun to watch her die. But then when that's not really relevant to the rest of the movie, I'm like, why did we spend so much time on that? And then to top it off, they give him, like, a new love interest throughout the movie. And I'm like, well, first of all, the whole movie started with this being about him getting over the death of his wife. And then secondly, the whole love story angle seems forced in by Hollywood executives and not relevant to what this movie is actually about. So we really don't need both of those things or either of those things in this movie. I'd rather spend more time on him dealing with the psychological impact of these things that he's seeing. And now that he's gotten himself involved in this investigation and stuff, but just doesn't go there. You haven't even brought up a sweaty Jimmy Smith yet. Yeah, he's very sweaty. Very <laughs> sweaty. Um, and yeah, I didn't recognize him. That's how sweaty he is in this movie. 
Um, but he, uh, yeah, he plays one of the cops who's like involved and I don't know. There's not nothing spectacular about his performance. I wouldn't say, or any performances in this movie. <laughs> it's just, he's sweating the entire time. Yeah, he really is. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's one of those movies where I feel like if, if you were gripped in it, you'd, you'd really care about that character because you're trying to figure out if he's involved in the killings. And at one point they're trying to like blame it on him. And some people think he's not involved and some think he is and stuff. And I'm like, but I just didn't care. So then what difference does it make other than the fact that he's sweaty? That's, that's his primary, uh, personality trait at that point. So that one was a letdown for me. Yeah, I remember being kind of disappointed when I watched it too. It wasn't uh Yeah. Seems like it has a lot of promise, a lot of weird like um sort of promise of like this secret society within all these rich people that ends up being kind of boring. Yeah. And of course it does like the weird like so much of it just feels Hollywood where like at the end there's like a plot twist and Ooh, the 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 cults now after him, and I'm like, yeah, of course they are. Like, you know what I mean? I guess it's kind of my same complaints I had about Sky High, where I'm like, it's not that you're doing anything wrong; it's just that I know where this plot line is headed. Like, you know what I mean? I could have, if you'd if you'd pause this movie 15 minutes in and ask me who was going to turn on the lead character, I could have picked him out. Like, it's, and that's that that makes the movie not enjoyable to watch because that's what it has to offer. Right. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, whatever, I was too tired to get up anyway. So <laughs> did Tubi tell you to watch this? Um, no, I don't think so. I have not been using Tubi to its full potential lately. Maybe that's why I've been disappointed in the movies. Yeah. Let Mr. Tubi pick stuff for you. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow I'll just watch all two B movies or something. Um, then the other, the the last movie I watched because I apparently in my brain I figured out I figured the problem with the believers was that it didn't have Jake Gyllenhaal in it, so I went the other way with it. I went for a movie that pretty much just has Jake Gyllenhaal in it, which is called The Guilty, okay. and I did not I did not anticipate it that the camera would be on Jake Gyllenhaal for. 96, 97% of the runtime of the movie. I kind of thought they'd move to the other characters as well, but it does not. It is literally just follows this one guy. He's a cop who's been, they don't even really explain what at the beginning of the movie he's been busted down. So he's working like dispatch while he's being investigated for something that happened. And the whole movie takes place in the course of one night. And basically he gets a, a call, a 911 call from a woman who's been kidnapped and he spends the whole time trying to kind of solve the crime from with, from his desk where he's confined because he's not allowed to go out in the street. Um, which sounds like it could be kind of boring, but it's actually a really excellent movie. Um, it's surprisingly tense, even though we can't see what's going on with this kidnap victim we can only hear her voice over the phone we 
you know, as he pieces together the story of what's going on, we're also as an audience piecing it together and kind of getting involved. And, um, it, I found it surprisingly enthralling for a story that takes place in one room. And, you know, I found, I found myself really engaged in kind of the mystery and the adventure element of them trying to track down this kidnapping victim. And there's a number of plot twists that go on in the story of the kidnapping that he discovers from, uh, from his desk basically, which is super weird because you end up with, but it's basically, it's basically the opposite of what I normally say in movies. I'm normally like, you got to show me the story. Don't tell me it. But because we're seeing it all from this one character's perspective, they basically do just tell you. And as they're telling us all these different things, I found myself really, really engrossed in the story and following along and genuinely shocked by some of the plot twists that go on. Um, I can't really explain why I was so enthralled with it, even though I couldn't actually see anything. I never actually met any of the other characters besides this one. Interesting. I remember thinking it looked interesting, but I never ended up watching it. Yeah. I don't, it, it's a big recommend. I'm just, I, I'm struggling to explain why it's interesting to watch this guy, like take a phone call from a woman and then call the highway patrol and tell the highway patrol, you've got to catch up to this white van that's on the road and then go back to talking to the woman who's been kidnapped. And then at one point he manages to get in touch with, her kids at, at that have been left home alone with her being kidnapped. And there's a whole, it's, it's a very emotional scene, but again, we're only seeing the one character on the phone and we're hearing the voice of this child that he's talking to. And it's like, it's really fascinating how good a job they do of creating that emotion without us ever seeing that other person. If nothing else, like just as a film fan, I was kind of fascinated by it as an experiment of like, can you tell a story this way? And they did a great job of it. So apparently in the hands of the right people, you can make anything interesting. It's a remake of like a, I don't know, Scandinavian film, I think. I can't remember which country it's from, though. And it makes me want to go back and watch the original as well. Not sure how well it would work with like subtitles and stuff. Makes me a little nervous. Yeah, there was a similar movie called The Call, Halle Berry, years ago. Yes. She's she's like a 911 operator. But they don't stick with the conceit of just sticking with the 911 operator at the desk. Actually, she does get involved. She leaves there and does try to figure out where... Because uh, it's Abigail Breslin, like she's been kidnapped, she's in the trunk of a car. She basically talks her how to essentially kick the uh, taillight out so she can see the road and kind of what's going on and whatever. And then at some point she ends up leaving the 911 call center and getting directly involved. Okay. I remember thinking that I rem- one was okay. I remember seeing previews for it and not being interested in watching it, but I don't remember why. <laughs> And it's it might just a, be because it, in my head it was like going to become like an action movie that wouldn't work. 
There's also a WWE Studios produced movie, although I don't remember any wrestlers being in it. But so that's yeah. weird that they're producing movies that don't have wrestlers in it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't produced a movie in a long time. I think they're kind of done with that whole uh, scenario. They weren't necessarily that successful in their quality of their productions. I don't know if they made a bunch of money no. off of some of those directed DVD, the Marines or whatever. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, did you watch anything else? I uh, know that was it for me. Well, the only other thing I really watched, I've been catching up with the Andor finally. Um, Oh, that. actually, yes, I, I did that as well. Oh, okay. I'm not Sorry. completely caught up yet. I still got two more episodes before I'm caught up. Okay. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I think it's pretty decent so far. Yeah, I found a slow start, but once it got rolling, I, I found it a lot more interesting. Yeah. yeah, once it gets into the more heisty type stuff, I really started enjoying it. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think, where did you leave off? Do you know? Uh, the last episode I watched, he was in, he just got sent to prison. Okay. Um, first episode with Andy Serkis in it. Yeah. So I think the next one is my favorite episode. Oh, okay. I mean, spoiler alert. He's going to try to get out of prison. I don't What? I, think I, think, I mean, he's not in prison at the beginning of Rogue One. So you know that something had to happen. <laughs> No, I just figured he sat in prison, and then they just let him out, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go. I six years is up, and he gets there. out and just. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think they do a good job with the prison stuff of helping to explain why the Empire is evil, which is good, because that's. If there's one thing that the original trilogy is lacking, it's an explanation as to why those are the good guys and why those are the bad guys. <laughs> you can easily like what, tell the movie from a different perspective where um, it's just the other way around. Just trying to provide all these people health care and the terrorists keep blowing our shit up. Yeah. So I like I like that they're using Andor to sort of show us what the Empire was like pre-original trilogy which is good um and a little bit they get into like the formation of the rebellion and stuff too which a little dialogue heavy i, I hope kids aren't trying to watch this show of like oh this is how they funded the rebellion oh, okay now i understand they 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 actually get into like the fake like charitable foundations and shit that they created in order to be able to funnel the money into the <laughs> into the the resistance and you're just like, I don't know. I find it kind of interesting, but I don't know how you're going to sell this to a lot of audiences, but <laughs> um, then the only other thing I watched, I watched a movie from the early eighties, 1982 called losing it. Um, so this is another movie that came out after the popularity of porkies, kind of a sex comedy, but does not uh, does not achieve. It's another one that really doesn't work, like we watched earlier today. Yeah, that's um, good. It's got an amazing cast, though. Let me let me run this down for you. Um, so it's got Jackie Earl Haley in it. 
John Stockwell, the the friend from Christine. Uh, okay. Shelly Shelly Long, right before she was on Cheers. Um, there's another guy that I'm forgetting. Doesn't matter. the The big thing is it's uh, it was directed by Curtis Hansen, who would later go on to do like L.A. Confidential and stuff. Uh, but it's also like the fourth movie of one Mr. Tom Cruise. Um, so these high school kids decide they're going to go down to Tijuana over the weekend so that Tom Cruise's character can lose his virginity to a hooker. And uh, they're going to get up right. to all sorts of all sorts of crazy hijinks while they're down in Mexico. And while they're. uh while they're at this local grocery store stealing snacks for the road, uh, the cashier lady finds out that her husband, who's the manager of the store, has been cheating on her. So she gets pissed and jumps in the car with them and drives down to Tijuana with them to get a divorce. Because apparently, you get really cheap divorces down there. I didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing um, in movies. I have no idea if it's real in real life or not, but I've heard about it a lot in movies. Right? <laughs> So, of course, they go down there. Jackie O'Haley's character is super interested in finding Spanish Fly, which uh, is not something you could do nowadays. It's very, uh, very rude. And after he sold essentially aspirin by some con man, tries to put it in this girl's drink and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, this is, this is, they're playing this off as funny. And this is not funny. <laughs> So it's I mean, just it's, a sort of a weird plot line. It's funnier than the plot lines from Zapped, where you <laughs> just rip girls' clothes off. All the male teachers will immediately start chasing around a gym. So, <laughs> uh, so of course, Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom Cruise decides he doesn't want to lose his virginity to a hooker. Ends up sleeping with Shelley Long instead. Huh. And then. Uh, <laughs> That at the end of the movie, when they're crossing back over the border, Shelley Long sees her husband who had come down to look for her, and she decides to get back together with him. This movie made no sense. <laughs> All right. So the, the theme of the week is 80s sex comedies that make no fucking sense. Yeah. Uh, it is another one I saw when I was younger and then kind of like forgot about and was like, oh yeah, what's that one movie where they go down to Mexico? And then I figured it out years years later and uh i picked it up on blu-ray and uh like yeah not super great but it's something to have on the shelf be like yeah i was really mystified by this movie growing up now i own it it's, <laughs> it's just okay um yeah. so yeah i think the issue with the spanish fly thing was is there was a uh -huh. There, I, I know for a fact there was a time whenever I was in, like, grade school where my understanding of Spanish Fly was that it was like an aphrodisiac that, you know. Yeah, you took that it is how they play you, it up. Yeah, you take it and it makes you super horny. In reality, it's a date rape drug. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And that's how they play it up. They're like, yeah, this one guy gave it to his girlfriend. He went inside, he came out, his girlfriend's impaled herself on his stick shift of his car. You know, like some story that keeps getting told over and over again in the movie i'm just like jesus christ and then yeah it's but it's then it's the totally like 
he's trying to get some girl to take it and she won't take you know she's not looking so he just dumps it in her drink and then just gets her to try to drink all of her drink and stuff and so I'm like, this is this is not good. Um, but they do keep saying there is no such thing as Spanish fly, and this guy doesn't believe it. So I don't know, but it's a uh, <laughs> it's just watching it with 2022 eyes. I was like, oof, this is a rough movie. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. 80s sex comedies like. Even the ones that are, at least some of them are still funny, even if they're inappropriate. Mm. But when they're not, if you're not like barrel laughing and you have time to stop and think, it's like, oh, there's a lot going on here. That's not cool, man. <laughs> I know. I, I feel the need to rewatch Porky's because I haven't seen it in a long time. But um, it's just a little bit of a spying in the shower and stuff like that. I think it's actually weirdly oh. more innocent than this. <laughs> Although I'm maybe, I shouldn't say that until you rewatch it, but <laughs> well, he does expose himself and stick his dick through the hole. So I don't know. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's frowned upon, but in relative terms, <laughs> it's not date raping women. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying they were all laughing and having a good time. They were into it. So it's okay. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, before it gets more awkward, Doug, you want to tell us what we're doing next week? Assume by your silence, that'd be a no. Is that is that the pregnant pause of Doug looking at the list? Because he didn't pick. That was that was me getting tossed out of the call there for a second. That's what that was. Oh. What'd you do? Ask me about the movies for next week? Yeah, what do we watch next week? Oh. Well, you're now... That was the pregnant pause of me looking at the list. <laughs> <laughs> now that I, now that I know I'm supposed to be picking movies for now. Um, uh, I sent a message earlier. I know, but that never works. <laughs> God forbid you plan ahead. Yeah, well, it's complicated. Um. Well, let's do good movies next week instead of what we did this week. Oh, so do we foreign have va- to? Foreign vampire movies. Chronos and Let the Right One In. Oh. Spoiler that. alert. I recommend both to people if you haven't seen them. They're both great. But I want to watch good movies after this week. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched Chronos in a long time. We'll see. I remember Kronos being good, but very dry. That sounds fair. To be fair, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Let the right one in. I've at least seen recently enough that I'm confident it's great. It's got Ron Perlman in it. How bad can it be? I'm not going to look at that IMDb page because I don't want to try to answer that question. <laughs> um, yeah, we get to see Ron Perlman speaking Spanish. Yes. Or does he speak predominantly English in it? 
No, I think it. I think it's almost entirely in Spanish, right? Yeah. What I remember, anyway. Maybe this will give me an excuse to start watching the uh, Showtime series of uh, Let the Right One In. I haven't watched any of them yet. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. The movie? I'm assuming, I would assume I have, but I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything about it. Who's in it? It's Swedish. So nobody you would know. Oh. Uh, so did you maybe, watch the American? So, did you watch so the American remake? American remake. What's it called? Let Me In? Chloe Moretz and uh, Cody Smith McPhee? That doesn't sound familiar either. No. It's actually not a bad remake, but everybody should uh, should watch the original, though. Just say I hate I hate to be one of those guys, but subtitled movies, I just the older I get, the less interested I am in subtitles. Well, uh, I really like the movie. So, spoiler alert: next week's just going to be me and Doug being like, "These movies are great." We'll see where Noah lands, but um, yeah. It's Noah complaining we're having to squint his eyes all the time. <laughs> It's not it's not the squinting. I just I like to like enjoy the cinematography of a movie and I can't do that if I'm reading. I think there might be a dub, but I don't know. I know that that's hard to come across on streaming, so Yeah. I feel like I've seen a dub of it before, but I don't know. I've only ever watched the subtitled version, so I wouldn't know. Well, I've definitely seen the subtitled version. I'll just watch it in (laughs) in Swedish with no subtitles and then try to review it afterwards. That's a great plan. What'd you, what'd you get? What'd you think, Noah? I have no idea what the fuck happened in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it all just sounded like Swedish chef to me. I don't know. Um, so, I, so I know Noah saw it. Um, Doug, if you watched the uh, was a bloody Christmas trailer yet? I do not believe I have. Do you believe it's called Christmas Bloody Christmas? Right. All right. You're right. Christmas Bloody Christmas. It's an animatronics animatronic Santa Claus that uh, goes haywire and starts murdering people. I mean, that's pretty I good. Like we, I feel I like mean, we have to review it at some point next month. It's, even though it's, it's Santa's new. sleigh meets the Terminator. I mean, how fucking great is that? Yeah. Actually, me and me and Scott were even talking about. I think it comes out the sixth or something like that, and we were thinking about maybe the weekend after that, trying to get some people together and doing a little thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ordering some pizza and doing a little watch party. Yeah. It that uh, does sound fun. It's made by the guy that did uh, VFW. 
which I was a big yeah. fan of. I saw uh, that. That got me kind of hopeful because I read the premise and I'm like, that can go either way. Yeah, uh, the trailer looks great. I'll have to watch that. Is that the one you, you sent us? That one, right? Yeah. The only thing I don't like about that trailer is, man, that trailer is frantic and it shows a lot of stuff. I'm a little worried that that <laughs> trailer's going to be spoilery and whenever you watch it, you're going to be like, okay, well, fucking everything was in the trailer. I don't know. It all just looks like Santa robotic Santa carnage to me. I'm just saying, we get two, that. we get two crazy Christmas movies this year. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's about time we haven't had a good crazy Christmas movie in a while. Maybe Krampus was the last one. It probably is. Yeah, yeah, that's the last one I can think of. Well, there haven't been a lot. I, sh- I should say ones. that that was worth watching. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.